Welcome to the debut episode of the Counting Stats Podcast. I'm your host, Lou Landers, Director of MLB Content at DrRoto.com. Follow me on Twitter at Landers Talks and follow the podcast at Counting Stats Pod throughout the offseason and during the MLB season. I'll be joined by fantasy baseball podcasters, writers, members of the Fantasy Sports Writers Association, Fantasy Sports Hall of Fame, and personalities from Sirius XM Fantasy Sports. For this episode, honored to be joined by a former co-host of mine from years ago and the newest writer at DrRoto.com. It's Kyle Amore. Kyle, been a minute, man, but awesome to be back doing shows with you. Yes, I am excited. I'm beyond excited to start talking baseball again. Uh, a little bummed out that they haven't gotten the CBA locked in yet, because, especially since, I mean, next week or a year ago, next week is when pitchers and catchers reported. And this can have uh, some negative impacts on a lot of players, especially pitchers coming back from injuries that, you know, they really need that extra time to get ready to go. So, you know, I'm hoping for the best. I'm hoping something gets locked in, but I am ready to go. It's funny you should mention pitchers, Kyle, because you worked on the starting pitcher and relief pitching strategy articles for the DrRoto.com draft guide. I encourage everyone to go check out that draft guide, by the way. Best way to win your leagues is to be more prepared than everybody else, and that's pretty much what our draft guide will allow for you to do. I read Kyle's articles, and Kyle, after reading your article, starting pitching, definitely a topic I want to talk to you about on this episode. We're going to discuss pitchers we want to target who are coming off down seasons or injuries, guys due to regress, and guys who are poised to break out. So let's get rolling with our first pitcher coming off an injury in a bad season. Mike Clevenger is a guy you like, Kyle. I do. Um, he is a guy that we know he can eat in- innings. He has in the past high strikeout guy. I think it's a more importantly too a guy like him. He's going to be a free agent after this year. So, you know, he wants to put together a solid season and ultimately get that payday. So, you know, he, he's the one I'm definitely targeting coming off of Tommy John surgery, but I still, I think back to what he's done in the past where, you know, uh, in 2018, 200 innings and he had over 200 strikeouts. So he's someone I want to target, but again, hitting back to like when we first came on, this could be an issue for a lot of starting pitchers, especially Mike Clevenger, not having that extra time to get that throwing program in for spring training and getting, you know, just getting you, it's, it's not so much getting used to, to throwing they know how to do that it's just locating their pitches because first your first through um in spring training your first few starts you're just locating your fastball don't care if you're going to get hit doesn't matter it's just can you locate that fastball on different parts of the plate and then you know their their next two or three starts you'll start seeing them throw in their off-speed pitches their secondary pitches so you know it's something to monitor are they going to have enough time to get ready I'm hoping they do, but uh, Mike Clevenger, too, you know, he is a guy that I am really looking forward to coming back from Tommy John surgery and playing with this up-and-coming Padres team, too. If you think about their past season, one of their downfalls was their starting pitching, so getting a healthy Mike Clevenger back will be huge for that team. It will. I mean, everything was going so great for them, and then everything just fell apart. A lot of it to do with that pitching, as you mentioned, specifically in that rotation. Clevenger, very good career numbers. Uh, 542 big league innings, career 319 ERA, 1.18 whip, 10K per nine. Everything you want in a fantasy baseball pitcher. Might 
concern with him would be how many innings can he throw, having not thrown for over a year now. Um, Will he be good in his innings? I would imagine so. Maybe off to a slow start for another uh, a number of different factors. But I have trouble believing he's going to throw more than 140 to 150 innings in the season. The good news is that you're getting him pretty late in your drafts. Even on NFBC, where guys are going typically earlier than on other sites, he's at ADP 196. So you're not having to use an early pick on this guy by any means. Um, you're probably getting him, what, anywhere in a 15-team league? You're probably getting him around round 13 or 14. There's not a lot of risk there. No, um, no, I agree with you there. And, you know, one of the things, too, uh, I agree 100% with they're going to monitor his innings. And for a starting pitcher like him that's, you know, a high strikeout count, you got to think about the total pitches thrown, too. So that's one of the things they're going to want to monitor. Not necessarily, well, you know, not just innings, but the fact that high strikeout guys throw a lot of pitches. And that's the one thing that they're going to monitor. But also... I like the fact that he is going to be pitching in San Diego. That is a pitcher's ballpark. So that'll be, you know, something new to him after, you know, pitching in Cleveland for the first part of his career. So, you know, he, the thing with him too is I like the fact that he's a little bit older. He is 31 years old. So he's not a guy that got hurt right off the bat. Like he is experienced too. He knows what to expect. He knows what to look for. But again, just for him to get his work in for spring training, get ready to go, you know, feel good. And I know he's going to be excited. And like I said, too, this is a contract year for him so that he, he knows what he needs to do. So he's a guy, if I had a bet on him, I, I think he's going to do well. All right. Well, what about his former teammate in Cleveland, Zach Plezak? Yeah, so he, he's a guy you definitely can get late in drafts. So if you're looking at his ADP on NFBC, it's 323. Um so you're looking really late in the drafts, but I like what I've seen from him. I think he's another guy that doesn't put a whole lot of guys on base. The strikeout numbers are good, and he's still They could young. be better, though. They could yes. be better. They were good yeah. in the shortened year of 2020, but otherwise, I think like a 6.5K per nine in the other two big league seasons, not exactly lighting um, the world on fire there. That is actually the one thing I am concerned with with him as a fantasy starting pitcher. Great real-life guy, but is he a good fantasy asset because of that lack of strikeouts? Correct. Um, I, I mean, with him, too, he's not going to be one of your first, second, or even third starting pitchers. I, I see him more of like your four or five or six on your team. So, you know, with that, too, he is – He's only, what, he's 26, going on 27 years old. And, you know, with him, too, putting it together, the experience is there. You can get him late in drafts. That's the kind of guy I want to go for. And coming off his season, too, we've got to remember, he only had uh, 25 starts this past season. It could have been higher, but he did break his thumb on his throwing hand, too. So, you know, I, I think that that played into it. He came back. It may not have been the greatest starts, but, again, a guy – that you can grab late and the fact that he is still young, but the experience is going to be there. And I mean, if you look at this starting rotation too, one thing about Cleveland that they've done well, they've always been able to develop their own starting pitching. And I think in this rotation too, with Bieber, Savali, Plezak, I think that he has guys around him too, that he can learn. So if I can get a guy later in drafts like him, 
he's a guy I want to target. Yeah, he's definitely going in that in that area where you're getting your SP5, maybe even SP6. Um, so at that rate, there's certainly not a lot of issues, to say the least. How about another former Cleveland player, obviously formerly Cleveland Indians, now the Cleveland Guardians, Carlos Carrasco, ADP 306 on NFBC. I actually drafted him in the 24th round of a 12-teamer league as my SP6. That was just... 10 days ago uh, to me it's really good value whether he gets hurt or even struggles it's an easy cut off the team because he has cost me next to nothing but on the positive side this is a pitcher who potentially has amazing earning potential there was a time really not so long ago that Carrasco was an sp2 in fantasy as recently as the 2020 season between 14 and 18 Carrasco was actually one of the most consistently good starting pitchers in the league 34 years old now will be 35 when the season begins but hard to imagine him not being incredibly productive for your team really the concern for me is if he's going to continue to deal with injuries because he has not been able to stay healthy lately but again the upside there and little to no risk at all based on where he's being taken yeah, no, no, I, I agree with that. I mean, in years past, too, with him, he was a guy that I would get to be my number two or number three starting pitcher. And, and again, looking at his ADP, he's going to be there. We know what he can do. And it's always a concern with guys that haven't been able to stay healthy for more than, you know, one or two years. But you got to remember, too, he's coming off of, you know, he's battling cancer. So he did that. And you were talking about injuries. But again, it's hard to pass up on a guy like that when you know what he's done. You've seen his track record and the fact that you can get him late. I, I think, again, a, a guy like Plesak, these guys are going to get you innings. They're not going to lose their spot in the rotation. We know what they've done in the past, specifically Carlos Carrasco. So, you know, if he can stay healthy, I, I think he's going to be one of the better late draft picks for starting pitchers. And again, it's all going to come down to when are these guys going to get in spring training? Can they get that workload in and be able to, you know, shoulder the the innings as they go? Because, you know, last season, 53 innings, 2020, 68, 2019, 80. But from, uh, what was it, 2017 and 18, he averaged just right around that 200 innings pitch mark. So, you know, it, it's been what? almost four seasons since he's done that. So he's another guy that I believe can put up solid numbers. But again, is his body going to be able to, you know, get past that 100, 125, 150 innings pitch mark and, and hold up? But again, with his ADP, I think that's the perfect spot to get him. He's going to uh, uh, rack up strikeouts, and so I think he would be another perfect pitcher to get later in draft rounds. Yeah, I think that's going to be a theme amongst a number of the pitchers we're talking about in this category, guys coming off injuries or bad seasons. None of them are really going to be able to go deep into ball games, and none of them are really going to be able to give you that 180-plus innings that you're hoping for. And we can say the same about this next guy, Noah Syndergaard, who has thrown two innings since the 2019 season. He was excellent between 2015 and 2018 had a very average season i guess by his standards in 2019 and missed all of 2020 made two starts towards the end of last year for the mets now he's with the angels so there's so many things to consider here he's been injury prone he's last full season was the worst of his career now he's switching teams and leagues what can we expect from noah Syndergaard? so Syndergaard. 
He's he's been one of my favorite pitchers. Uh, I mean, if you look at just his build too, six six over two hundred pounds. I mean, he's the kind of the guy you want a starting pitcher. He should be able to shoulder that workload given his size. But again, with him, he is a hundred percent effort pitcher, and I think that has caused him issues in the past because he's going up there. You're seeing him right out of the gate pumping up almost a hundred miles an hour, and you know, for a starting pitcher. You you just that you can't keep that up as the as the innings progress. So you know with him, can he stay healthy? I think one of the main things for him too is if you, if you look at uh, the he only threw a few innings last year, but I like the fact that he was fastball changeup, and I think that will help too because you know that slider that was putting pressure on his arm too in the past. He would use that as a, you know, if he wasn't getting guys out with a fastball, he's trying to get them with a, a slider. But if he can go fastball changeup, I think that will help with his health as well. That'll keep him healthy. You're not going to see extra pressure putting on his on his elbow or um, shoulder with the slider. But, you know, I, I think, too, you got to remember a guy like him, it's a one-year deal. So he's pushing for another contract, too. And at the same time, I mean, you're going to the Angels. You think about what they have in Otani. You know, think about what they have in Mike Trout. And, you know, I guarantee this organization is ready to get to the postseason, get Trout into the playoffs, and ultimately, you know, push for to get to the World Series. So I like what you can get with Syndergaard. Again, his uh, ADP is a little bit earlier than uh, Plesak and Clevenger and Carrasco. He's looking – or you're seeing him around uh, 210. So right after Clevenger, but still before Plesak and Carrasco. I, I like where he's he's at in terms of his ADP. But again, it's always a concern with the guys like Syndergaard that are high strikeout pitchers. And with him, one of the biggest concerns is the effort. He's a max effort guy, like I mentioned before. He's always looking to strike guys out. But if they can temper that and really have him... You know, think of it more as a, you know, it doesn't have to be a speed race. Just try to get through those innings. And if they can take pressure off of it and keep him going towards his secondary pitch, more of a changeup rather than having to go immediately to the slider, I think that can play very well for him. I think it definitely could. I think of the guys mentioned, he probably has the most risk, but also the highest reward. One more guy before we get into some regression candidates, Tony Gonsolin of the Dodgers being taken after pick 300. Uh, Dodgers lost a lot of key cogs in their rotation this offseason and even to injury last season. So there's a really good chance Gonsolin begins the year in the rotation, coming off an injury-riddled season, of course, but likely why the ADP is in the 300s, also presenting a really excellent buying opportunity. He has never finished a season with an ERA over 3-2-3, coming off a season in which he had a career-high 10.5K per nine. Biggest concern I have for him is most innings he's ever thrown in the big leagues is just 55 and the most um he's ever thrown in a season is 128,000 the minor leagues and a combination of the big leagues inning limit definitely going to be placed on him but if he can give you 100 or more innings they should be very quality and when he is shut down eventually if that is the case you're not spending a lot of draft capital on him. It's not really going to hurt you. You can probably find a reliever out there to kind of back him up once he's done the same way that a team would do, having him and maybe another starter come in and give him spot starts. Kind of do the same thing on your fantasy roster. 
Yeah, I think that's one of the main concerns with me, and it has been in the past, is the fact that he's been a, a guy that's gone from the bullpen. He's been spot starter, and, you know, he's gone back and forth. So my thing is, like like you hit on, I mean, he's never thrown more than 55 innings at the major league level. And, you know, game started last season at 13. That's the most he's ever had before that was eight and six. So my thing is, too— I think it can go either way. Um, he is a guy that is injury prone. We've seen that throughout seasons where he goes on the injured list uh, a few times per season. But uh, again, if he's going to be in this rotation, they're going to stretch him out as a starter. And I think that could be good too, because he'll know what to go into, what to expect rather than if he's starting out in the bullpen, you see these guys warming up They're boom, 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 boom. Let's go. Let's go. But now if he's going to be a starter, he can take his time. He can get stretched out. He doesn't have to worry about going into the game immediately. And, you know, you think about the scenarios too. If you're a starter, you're starting the game. No one's on base. A lot of times with the relievers, you're going in, you don't. You may be behind in the game. You may be ahead in the game. There may be guys on base too. So, I I think one of the biggest things with me is, do we know for a fact he's going to be in the starting rotation? If he is, I like where his ADP is. I like the fact that if you're looking at the past season, he had over a 10K per nine, which I think could be big for his ADP because you know he's going to get the strikeouts. But for me. Like senior guard, it's an injury concern. Am I going to have – I don't want to grab guy that I'm going to have to put in to my one of my injury slots after a start or two. So, you know, I'm, it's going to be a wait and see. Hopefully for him, he can just find out early that he's going to be in that starting rotation because I think for him too, that will probably be a relief. Yeah, I mean, there's not as many options as there used to be, of course. Of course, Trevor Bauer's not around. Dustin May still hurt. Kershaw, a free agent. Scherzer went to the Mets. So uh, certainly a lot of spots open in that rotation. One of the spots in that rotation is going to be going to one of our first regression candidates in Julio Urias, a guy who I really like, a guy who has been tremendous for the Dodgers and was great a year ago. I mean, the guy went 20-3, and three, uh, sub-3 ERA. Problem is, threw 185 innings, Kyle. Most he'd ever thrown in the big leagues prior to that was 79, and in 2020, he threw 55. So he more than tripled his 2020 innings. That's a scary proposition. It is, but so when I was looking at a guy due for regression, it was more or less for the fact that, I mean, the guy went 20-3 and three with a sub-3 ERA. And like you said, he'd never accumulated 100 innings pitch. I think the most he'd ever had before that was 80. But this past season, 185 innings pitch, 195 strikeouts. So he's better than a strikeout per inning pitch. I like that. I, I I think more or less I was looking at the the fact that how he's going to how his body's going to handle coming off all those innings pitch, all those pitches thrown. But I mean, if you look at it too, he's a young guy. He's not very old. He's only 25 years old. He won't be 26 till August. So, you know, with that being said too, if you look at his stuff, I think on this list, he has arguably some of the best stuff out of all these pitches we're going to talk about today. And, you know, I, I think that you might see a little bit of a slip, maybe, but he can be there. I mean, 20, 20 and three. I mean, those numbers are just astronomical if you ask me, but he's going to be, you know, one of the guys that the, this Dodgers team is going to rely on. I mean, 
Kershaw is still a free agent. We're not sure what they're going to have from uh, other starting pitching or what their staff's going to look like. So going into the season, well, other than Walker Bueller, we know he's their number one, probably arguably my favorite pitcher in the league. But, you know, I think to get him as a number one on your team, I think it would be extremely solid. His ADP is 36, so he's going extremely early in drafts. But, again, I think there's going to be slight regression. I don't think it's going to be huge. He is young. He finally has over 100 innings pitched, and, I mean, he was a superstar this past season. Oh, he was incredible. I just worry about the body uh, breaking down how much that arm can take in that huge jump. Uh, kind of similar to why I want to talk about Pablo Lopez. ADP of around 125 on NFBC. He's a great pitcher. When he's been on the mound over the past couple seasons, he's been a major fantasy asset for you. But he's had a lot of rotator cuff injuries just the past couple seasons, and they seem to be ongoing issues and the only way they may truly ever be resolved could be with surgery, which, of course, would cause him to miss time, but maybe an entire calendar year. But it could also affect his velocity, um, his mechanics, and you look at him, he's never thrown over 145 innings in any season. That came five years ago already. So for me, there's just way too much risk in a guy going in the top 125 to 130 picks, and there's glaring reasons as to why he won't be as effective as he's been the past couple of years. Yeah, I thought he was a guy that definitely came out of nowhere. I wasn't expecting him to have the season that he had. And, and like you said, too, I mean, when it comes to shoulder injuries, those are very, very delicate it's not like an elbow, uh, excuse me, an elbow injury. When it comes to your shoulder, I mean, there's just so many muscles and ligaments in there that, I mean, things can linger. They may not heal correctly. And if they do ultimately need surgery, you just don't know what's going to happen. I mean, if you look at guys like Johan Santana, Brandon Webb, Mark Pryor, those are guys that ultimately did need to have shoulder surgeries and they just never came back. So I think with him too, they'll monitor it. If you, if you look at his innings pitch, too, I mean, he's coming off of a career year. I mean, 102 innings pitch. He did have what, 115 strikeouts. So, you know, with me, they'll monitor it. Again, another guy that's only 25 years old. So now his body has seen what, you know, what it can do in, in terms of innings. But, you know, he's a guy that if he can stay healthy, I think he's going to be solid. If you if you look at his left uh, left on base percentage too, almost almost eighty percent. So if guys do get on base, they're they're not coming around to score. So he's a guy to monitor. I think that he can do it again this season. But I I mean just his ADP for me it's a little high, one hundred twenty eight. He's a guy I think I'd want to target later. Well, that's my concern. I think when he's on the mat, he'll be just fine. But I'm Correct. not paying his price for a guy that might not give you more than 100 to 110 innings. And I think we might be lucky to get that with the injuries that he's had. Um, how about this guy? It's interesting you put him on there. I mean, he just won the Cy Young Award of the American League. That's Robbie Ray. And he's going out of the American League East to a pitcher-friendly ballpark. So, I mean, in that sense... Maybe the guy's as good, if not better, but it's going to be really hard for him to replicate the success he had in 2021 because it was an incredible season. So by that logic alone, I could see why he could be a candidate to regress. 
Yeah, I, I mean, he was a guy that was almost going undrafted in, in numerous leagues or in late rounds. So, I mean, if you look at him, too, he's not a, a, a young guy. He's not a guy that's 25 years old. He is 30 years old. But like you said, I think one of the things that is in his favor is going to pitch in Seattle is ultimately one of the best uh, pitching ballparks in the league. But, I mean, if, if you look at it, too, I mean, he's coming off a season, 248 strikeouts, and we've seen, we have seen that he has put together seasons where he did accumulate over 200 strikeouts. But my thing is, can he stay healthy? Do they have enough, uh, you know, offensively, you know, to score runs for him? Because, I mean, if it's going to be a pitching duel, it probably isn't going to work in his favor. He, he's coming off a, a season where he played with Toronto. We know they're one of the up-and-coming offensives, too. It's probably easy to pitch when you know guys are going to give you that run support. Now, going into Seattle, is that going to be the case? There's no one on that roster right now that I think comes close to what we saw in Toronto. So, you know, it is ADP 47, almost 48. That's extremely, extremely early in whether or not he can not only stay healthy, but for me, he's a pitcher that when he struggled, it was always a mechanical thing. It And I think one of the hardest things for starting pitchers is to continuously lock in and have that same um, finesse repertoire in your mechanics. If he can stay and really hone in on his mechanics and not have any flaws, I think he can definitely accum accumulate over 200 strikeouts too. I mean, if you look at where he's going in the ALS, there are big bats in there. They're going to swing at pitches. So the strikeouts aren't, a concern for me it's whether or not he can not have any mechanical flaws like he has had in the past and whether or not um I, I, excuse me one of the things is again with that adp at 47 that is just so hard to you know uh invest in on a guy that has had mechanical issues in the past well it's also hard to invest in a guy that although had a career season this year had a career worst season the prior season i mean his whip was almost 1.9 man in 2020 i know it was a, wasn't a full season he only made i think 11 or 12 starts but i mean it was really bad and then even the year before although we had the strikeouts a lot of base runners not the best ERA, uh, a lot of runs across the board or across the plate. So uh, there's certainly some some concerns yes. for Robbie Ray to be able. You brought up a great point. If you look at his whip too, I get, you know, he, he had that great season playing in the AL East, but now going to the AL West too. I mean, there are a lot of guys that can do damage if his does have that mechanical flaw and he's putting guys on, on base, regardless, you know, whether it's just guys getting hits guys getting walked that is one thing i think that's ultimately this thing that scares me the most where if he does have a mechanical flaw and guys get on base he can get hammered that is certainly a, a possibility give me your thoughts on a guy like ranger suarez because i look at him adp of 182 i mean this guy was ridiculous a 9.1K per nine, 1.36 ERA, and a one whip in 106 innings. It was only 12 starts, but still very impressive. I don't think he's going to be a bad pitcher. I think he could be just fine. The problem is that I don't think he can replicate a 1.36 ERA. Also, 
He came out of nowhere. 12 starts last year, as I mentioned. He had started just three games in his career combined prior to that. Um, and he had never been close to as effective as he was a year ago. He was on no one's radar in 2021. And he's going to be on everyone's in 2022. I think it's foolish to expect similar results. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And I, I think one of the things that, that's glaring to me is he only gave up four home runs. So, you know, he, he's a guy that, I mean, he's talented. We, we saw what he can do. He had a breakout season. But my thing is now we're going to see offensives make the, you know, adjustments to him. I, I mean, prior to that, he'd only started three games, and that was in 2018. So now he has 12. So, you know, I, I think it's going to be, how does he adjust to offenses adjusting to him? I don't think seeing that that ERA where it was this past season, one three six, that's just not sustainable. I, I don't necessarily think that he is a guy that that can do that. Where you know, if we look at another lefty, we talk about Julio Urias. I think he is a guy that can keep it a, a below. 2.5 but with with Suarez I just I don't know I don't think he's in that talent level of Julio Urias but again too looking at Ranger Suarez at 182 RDP that is a that I mean that's an early draft pick for a guy that just now had over you know double digit starts let alone more than three because you know we saw him in the bullpen for so long so he's a guy I am definitely staying away from because I think it could end up ugly if offenses get to him and then he doesn't make those adjustments into the season i'm with you there man let's move over to some guys who we think could be breaking out or guys who started to break out last year who could take a step forward i want to start with dylan cease yeah, I mean, heading into last season, I uh, he was on my radar in every single draft. He's a guy I had to get, and, you know, it, it paid dev- dividends. I've seen a lot of him from when he was in the minor leagues with the Cubs and then after when he got traded to the White Sox. I mean, I think the thing about him is he has electric stuff. You're talking about a fastball that's in the high 90s, right, or, you know, and it, it tops out around 102. But for me, it's uh, a lot of swings and misses he got what I – thought was awesome um again that was his first taste of really being in that starting rotation and i think going into it this season where he knows he's going to be in there he has all the confidence in the world we're going to see a guy that's going to turn into a superstar i mean there's no question about it look at what the white Sox did this past season they had arguably one of the best seasons in the league you know now these all these players you got to remember too this is a team that was without uh uh, Jimenez and uh, and uh, Luis Robert for almost the entire season. You know they came back towards the end of the season. So if you get these guys healthy, get the rest of that that team healthy, and then you have a guy like Dylan Cease in that lineup, and you already have Lucas Giolito, you know, and, and a, a few other phenomenal arms. He's a guy that I think is going to play huge. His ADP is at 84, which is fine with me because he's a young arm, he's a talented arm, and I mean. When I'm looking at guys to be my one or two in, in, on my uh, team, I want guys that are going to get strikeouts. I, I want guys that aren't going to necessarily – or that aren't going to walk a whole lot of guys but have that strikeout capability, and that's what Dylan Cease brings to the table. I like it, man. How about Tristan McKenzie? This is a guy that I wrote up in the draft guide. So if people are out there listening and uh, want to see a write-up on a number of different guys who could break out, go check that out. But Kyle, would love to get your thoughts on him. 
Yeah, so, I mean, there's no questioning his talent. So, Tristan McKenzie, he was a guy I drafted in the later rounds in nearly all the leagues I was in last season. It didn't start off well. He was getting hit. The home runs he was getting up, So and you saw him sent down to the minors. But then when he came back towards the end of the season, he was really putting it together. And I think for him, it was a growth thing. He knows what he had to do to make the adjustments. He saw offenses that were just absolutely demolishing him. And I, I think a guy, too, pitching in this rotation, you know, we mentioned Plesak. They have Shane Beaver. We know what you're getting out of Shane Beaver um, and Aaron Savali, too. So he's a guy, another young guy, a guy that has electric stuff that, you know, I'm going and, and with his ADP, too, 233, you can get him in your mid to late rounds. So if you're looking for that fourth or fifth starter or guys that, you know, they may remember early on in the season what McKenzie did, that's fine. If he's going to be there, he's a guy I'm going to take a shot on. I'm with you there, man. Um, Michael Kopech is a guy that's always been fascinating to me. He's going around 175 overall. I can't believe he's 25 years old, though. He debuted four years ago. Highly touted, obviously, back when he went to the White Sox in that Chris Sale trade. Uh, pitched mostly as a reliever last year. Did make six starts. Overall production top-notch, though. 3.5 ERA, 2.10 batting average against, but the ridiculous 13K per nine has that fire in his arm and currently penciled in as the number five starter for the White Sox, possibly moving up into the four spot considering Dallas Keuchel has just not been very good as of late. Not cheap here, but basically 10th or 11th round in the 15-team league. If he can stay healthy and in this rotation, the upside gives him a chance to far and away out-earn his draft price. And he's also pitching in a division that's not really that strong from an offensive standpoint i think that does help him as well um there's the risk of injury of course because he's had an injury history but the upside outweighs the downside for me yeah i thought that was smart last season you know he's a guy that you know missed the entire season before and then before that he was coming back from uh, tommy john surgery so you know with him the talent is there. He is an electric pitcher. His fastball is electric, too. But, you know, I think he's ready, too. He wants to be a starting pitcher. You know, that's what he's always done. That's what he knows. And, you know, I thought he did extremely well as a setup guy. I mean, if you if you have a guy that's coming in there throwing 100 miles an hour, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's hard to, you know, have success off of a guy like that. Now, too, I, I think – it's good for him because, you know, he doesn't have to be relied on in the starting rotation to be a one or two. If he's going to be a fifth, let alone a fourth, that's perfect. It's a perfect spot for him. We know he has electric stuff. Like you said, too, there's always concern with guys that throw that hard and, you know, they strike out or excuse me, they rack up a bunch of strikeouts. You know, injury concerns always there. But with him, I think he knows how to get guys out now. I think he knows how to not just throw. I think he's learned how to pitch. And I think, too, if you look at his teammate, Lucas Giolito, he's a guy that was looking like a bust for, for, for a few years. And then he it all clicked. He learned how to not just be a pitcher, or excuse me, not how to not just be a thrower, but be a pitcher. So I think he has all the necessary things around him to learn. And, and I think he's going to be great as a starter. What about Adbert Alzale? I mean, there's not a lot of bright things going on there um, in Chicago, but he might be one of the bright spots there. Yeah, so, I mean, it's been up and down with him. Um, I thought he did extremely well, and then there was 
uh, starts that he looked awful. But for me, it, it was just the stuff with him. His secondary pitches, he was getting guys chasing off the plate. Um, again, if you look at his ADP, 347, I mean, you can either get him late or, you know, get him as a pitcher off of um, off of waivers. But I like what I saw in him. He's a young pitcher. He's one that's learning. I think he's in a great spot having a manager that was a, for, a former catcher, so he's you know caught some of the best pitchers in the league. So you know, with me, I think it's going to be a a wait and see approach. You know, grab him. I think there could be up um, some bumps and bruises as the season goes on. But for me, I like what I've seen. If you can get him late in in drafts or even grab him after the draft off of waivers he's someone that i like and i think it's because right now too he is raw in terms of his his pitching he's a young pitcher he was getting a taste the cubs weren't very good last season so you know he was taking his bumps and bruises but the thing is once he got called back up after being sent down to the minors he was making the adjustments so he's a guy i definitely want to keep an eye on i'm not saying he's going to come out there and put up numbers like ranger suarez did or or like julio urias i don't think he's in the same category as urias but he's a guy for later in in, in the rounds that i think can definitely do well and you can get some production out of him yeah i mean the adp there's really no risk at all and I uh, like the strikeout stuff for sure. One more pitcher here I want to talk about. Jordan Montgomery, Tommy John uh, survivor, if you will. Um, if you take away that Tommy John shortened season, though, in 2020 or in, 19, in 2019 and then the short in 2020, I should say, uh, he's never had higher than a 3.88 ERA in his career. He's now full year removed from the surgery and he put together his best season a year ago, got stronger as the season went along, good at home, good on the road, exceptional at night games, sub-3 ERA in 18 starts. He's 29 years old, but he hasn't even thrown 400 innings in the regular season at the major league level. Some might say that's not good. I think in this situation, it's very good because he doesn't have a lot of tread on that arm despite having that surgery um also as a yankee guy myself as you know kyle i pay a lot of attention this is a guy that has really good relationships with yankee great lefties andy pettit and cc sabathia he works a lot with them in the offseason talks to them in between starts and you can see how he has developed because of that tutelage being taken outside of the top 200 uh, basically is an sp4 maybe even sp5 and that gives a lot of earning potential here uh, i think if you can get him on your team at that price you could be very lucky yeah no absolutely i mean the injuries you know he's had it he's done he's had the surgery it's over with and now he's coming back fully healthy and i think you know when you're looking at a guy that has had success in the past that's definitely what you want to get later in your rounds and you know like you said the the rapport he has with guys that have ultimately been extremely successful in the league i think that's going to play huge dividends he's a guy that just i mean he, he's going to give you the innings and you know he's 29 now he'll be 30 you know this this is his age 29 season so he knows i don't think he's going to be caught off guard by, uh, you know, facing certain offenses, especially playing, you know, with the team he does. So, you know, for later in the rounds, I think he's a great guy to target. He's had success. He's healthy now. And like you said, looking at his peripherals and his numbers, he was very successful. So I think he's another perfect guy to really hone in on. 
I hope you're right, man, for uh, real life and for fantasy, because I do have some shares of him across some leagues, some dynasty leagues, and whatnot. This will pretty much wrap up part one for us. We'll have part two coming out, uh, talking about some guys to target late in the draft, guys who are kind of must-haves on our teams. But Kyle, any final thoughts here? No, I, th- I thought it was a good list of guys, a lot of young guys too. So I, I think too later, in, you know, I, I think that's one of the most important things we're looking at in, in terms of, you know, your ADP. If you're looking later, your mid to late rounds, you want guys that have electric stuff that are younger. So I think we hit the nail on the head with a lot of these guys. I would have to agree, my man. That was Kyle Amore. I'm Lou Landers, and this has been the Counting Stats Podcast brought to you by DrRoto.com. Go check out our fantasy baseball draft guide. Start to dominate your competition. I'll catch you next time.